is a visitation of God on the earth for judgment or reward. There have been several days of the Lord in history when the Lord has visited this world and brought either judgment or blessing. But there will be a day of the Lord when Jesus comes back again. And there are actually signs that signal the coming of the day of the Lord. Now, we don't know the day or the hour when Jesus will return. But there are signs, and Jesus told us to study the signs, be watching for the signs that foretell His coming as soon. And the book of Joel reveals some of those signs that are a precursor to the day of the Lord. Look with me at Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 32. God says this, And afterward I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. There it is. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. You see, we've got to watch for the signs of the coming of the Lord so we are not lost. What are some of those signs? I want to share three of them with you this morning. Number one, the first sign is the sign of the Spirit. Joel said, and afterward I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. And most of us know that Peter quotes from the book of Joel on the day of Pentecost when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit with tongues of fire and people thought they were drunk because they were, they were so moved by the Spirit of God. And so Peter says this was the fulfillment of that passage. But like many prophecies in the Bible, there's a dual fulfillment. There's a more immediate fulfillment and then often a more long-term fulfillment. And so that though this was fulfilled during the time of Peter, I believe there is another day of Pentecost coming for God's people. I believe there is a new, fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these last days. And that will be a sign of the day of the Lord. There's going to be an outpouring of God's Spirit once again. Now, we've seen it at different times in history where God has poured out His Spirit. There was a move at Azusa Street in Los Angeles in 1906 where people came from all over the world to experience this baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then some of you remember the charismatic renewal of the 70s, I sure do, when the Spirit of God moved in denominations in 1906 at Azusa Street. Many of people were kicked out of their denominations because of this experience. But God moved several times through history, and I believe He's going to move like that again in our time. Our sons and daughters will begin to prophesy. How many of you want to see your sons and daughters so filled with the Spirit that they begin to prophesy to their generation the coming of the Lord? Our old men and women will dream dreams. How many of you know it doesn't matter how old you are, God has a dream for you. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And you will dream dreams again. And young men and women will see visions. So where are they? 
Where are the dreams? Where are the visions? Where are the prophecies? Now, we know these days if someone comes up to you and they said they have a dream or a vision, how many of you were just a little bit somewhat suspect? Especially me as a pastor. Man, I've heard it and seen it all. However, there are dreams and visions mentioned, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. It is an expectation because of the Spirit that indeed we will have dreams, we will see visions, and we will prophesy. Now certainly every dream and every vision needs to be interpreted and tested by the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God needs to judge everything, every prophecy, Every dream, every vision, because God will not give a dream, a prophecy, or a vision that contradicts the Bible. It will not happen. And so those dreams have to be tested. Those visions have to be tested. Otherwise, we can misunderstand the sign. When my daughter was in elementary school, and I won't say which daughter, except that it starts with a J and ends with an A. That's all I'm going to say. So they can have their anonymity. It's so hard being a pastor's kid. You're an illustration, just a walking illustration. And so we were driving through a neighborhood in Livermore, California. And she saw a sign and said, those poor people don't have any electricity that live there. You know what the sign said? No outlet. So I had to explain to her that meant they they have electricity, but there's a dead end. There's a cul-de-sac there. She could read the sign, but she misunderstood its meaning. She thought no outlet meant they had no power. And so the same thing can happen to us. We can read the sign, but misunderstand the meaning. You see, we should not seek dreams and visions. We should seek the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give dreams and visions and prophecy. Now, I understand there has been so much abuse in this area and misuse of the gifts. Man, I've seen it all. Now, let me tell you, the moving of the Spirit doesn't have to be weird. The Spirit's not weird. People are weird. But the Spirit is not weird. We don't need to use snakes and such, right? God doesn't need props. However, we should not throw the baby out with the bathwater. You see, in our attempt to stifle the flesh, which needs to be stifled, sometimes we've quenched the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in these last days in a very real way. Not something phony, not something manufactured, not something trumped up, not a lot of hoopla and all the flesh. No, we need a genuine move of the Holy Spirit in this day. Our offspring need the Spirit like never before because the world is getting darker and the sin is becoming greater and deception deeper. Isn't it true? We really need to have sympathy for our young people. Can you believe the world they are growing up in right now? The craziness that is going on in this world and and they're thrown in the middle of it. And so, like never a time in history, the evil that is going on and the confusion and the deception, our kids need the Spirit. Our sons and daughters, our grandsons and granddaughters need their own personal Pentecostal experience with God. 
Now we have to understand that their Pentecostal experience may be different than yours and mine. I talked about Azusa Street. The charismatic renewal was different than Azusa Street when God moved. And so when the Holy Spirit begins to move in the generation of your children and grandchildren, we have to let it go and realize it may be different than we, what we experienced it. When it comes to our adult children, especially, and adult grandchildren, we don't need to preach at them. We need to pray for them. See, they, they've heard so much. And maybe they've seen some things, the abuses and misuses, and it's, it's created some doubt in their hearts. And so we can preach at them or we can pray for them. Because many of our kids are not on the right path. They're not serving God and they're questioning their faith like never before. We're losing our college-aged young people to the world that have grown up in the church. And so... If your children or grandchildren are estranged from you or estranged from the Lord, I have a promise for you to hold on to. I have shared this before, but I want to share it again. And it's, it's something I hold on to. It's something I pray. Isaiah 43 verses 5 through 7 from the Message Bible. I, I, I want you to claim this as your own. Over your children, even if they are serving the Lord, you claim this over your children and grandchildren, especially if they're astray. God says this, so don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll round up all your scattered children, pull them in from east and west. I'll send orders north and south. Send them back. Return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places. I want them back. Every last one who bears my name, every man, woman, and child whom I created for my glory, yes, personally formed and made each one. Is that an awesome promise that we need to hold on to for our kids and grandkids? Now, we know the, the application in Isaiah was speaking of the northern kingdom of Israel. Remember, they had sinned for generations and centuries, and so God sent the Assyrian army to destroy the northern kingdom of Israel and its capital city, Samaria. And what the Assyrians did is they would take the cities they conquered and they would take those citizens and scatter them in all these other countries they had conquered. It was a way of dispersing them. And so that's what had happened. So many, they call them the, the lost tribes of Israel, the northern kingdom, the ten tribes. And so this was a promise from Isaiah through the Lord, to, that God was going to bring those scattered children back. But it's also a promise to you and me that God will bring our scattered children back. God is going to round them up. He wants them back, everyone who bears His name. You know why? Because they were created. They were created and personally formed for His glory. Think about that. Your kids were created to bring glory to God. That is our purpose, is to bring God glory. And so, pray this promise. Hold on to this promise. Put it on your fridge. Or like my mom used to do, write it on the mirror in my bathroom. She'd write scriptures on the mirror in my bathroom. I'd go get up in the morning and look, avoid temptation. You know, I'm just, 
She just had st- scriptures everywhere. Whatever you got to do, make this your promise. If your kids are astray, if your grandchildren are astray, you pray them back home. Because God wants to bring them back. And that return will be because of a move of the Spirit. So a sign of the day of the Lord is a final outpouring of the Holy Spirit, another Pentecost. You see, we don't just need better programs in the church. We need greater power in the church. I'm telling you, if people are getting healed and saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, people are going to want to come check this out here. Programs are good. I'm not discounting that. But we need this power of the Spirit more than anything else. Or we're just playing church. And I don't, I don't have time to play church. We need this power, and it only comes from the Holy Spirit. And so, this outpouring is a sign to the church. You be watching. I believe it's coming. I believe there's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to say, look, it's a sign of the day of the Lord. It's a sign that Jesus is near. Now, I know the Bible also says in Matthew 24, there'll be a great falling away. The love of most will grow cold. There'll be a great deception. But in the midst of all that, I believe there will be a move of the Spirit like we've never seen before. And this is a sign for the church. Be awake, be watching for this sign. The second sign we see in this passage is the signs in the sky. God says, I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, what is amazing is the whole world's going to see this sign. And this sign was prophesied in other places as well. In fact, Jesus prophesies the same thing. He quotes Joel in Matthew 24, 29 through 30. And this is what Jesus says. Study Matthew 24. It's all about the signs of the end times. Take that apart. Meditate on it. And and here's what one of the signs that Jesus talks about. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And so before the Lord comes back, we're going to see some signs in the sky. When my oldest son was learning to read, he was getting reading down, and so he's trying to read everything. And we were driving in our car one day, and we drove by this school, and the school had put these styrofoam cups in the chain link fence that spelled out drug free. And when Josiah read it, he said, Dad, that is a bad school. I said, Why do you say that? He said, They're giving away free drugs. I had to correct him that drug free does not mean free drugs sometimes there is something behind the sign a greater meaning and a deeper explanation and so this the sign of the sun and the moon there's there's a deeper meaning behind that now bakersfield has some of the most beautiful red and orange sunsets isn't it true i mean gorgeous sunsets here But come on, we know why. It's smog. 
It's dirty air that's turning the sun orange and even red. Remember when the fires, the smoke that was coming through? I'm telling you, it was a blood moon. It looked like the moon had turned to blood and the sun was blocked out. And so this is not a stretch of our imagination. We can see it happen even now. But I believe it will be something great. I believe it will be something cataclysmic, seismic, volcanic, or nuclear. Who knows what may cause the phenomenon, but we're going to see this blocking out of the sun and the moon. And this same sign is mentioned again in the book of Revelation. Look at chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. John says, I I watched as he opened the sixth seal. And there was a great earthquake. Well, that's not a big stretch for California. Hallelujah. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. And the whole moon turned blood red. And the stars in the sky fell to the earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. You know, it's coming. We will see it. People will see it with their eyes. It's a sign of the day of the Lord. You know, I believe, even those who are not Christians, have this innate sense of the coming of the end of the world. I think every person has this sense that the world is going to end someday. And we see this even in our media. There is an obsession. I don't know if you've noticed An obsession with post-apocalyptic movies and books. I mean, those are selling, whether it's, you know, zombies or whatever it may be. There's just, and I love watching those movies, man. I just get so fired up. And and so I, I think that God is using any form of media, even Hollywood, to communicate a message that we ought to be ready. It's a precursor. It's a warning from God. There will be signs in the sky And this will be assigned to the world. The outpouring of the Spirit will be assigned to the church. But this sign is going to be assigned to the world. The whole world. Another sign spoken by Joel is number three, the sign of salvations. Our text, verse 32, says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you believe that? Do you know it's as simple as that? Sometimes we make it harder for people to get saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what we want to encourage people to do. Your friends, your family, your neighbors, your enemies. Have them call on the name of the Lord, especially in these last days. And I believe there's going to be a great worldwide revival before the day of the Lord. I believe it. And those that seemed most likely to be saved will be saved. Even politicians. I know it seems impossible. But people, we don't think that any, that person would ever get saved in your life. I believe there's going to be such a revival that those that seem the most unlikely to be saved will become saved. And I believe that God is going to move in some of the most improbable places. He already is. I believe there could be a revival in in North Korea or in Saudi Arabia or Iran. There's already this silent revival taking place in Iran among women. And they gather in taxi cabs and have church. 
It's mobile church, baby, but it is starting. It's this underground movement in Iran, one of the most difficult places to be a Christian. And so when, when the day of the Lord is coming, there's going to be a revival. And it's going to be in the most unlikely places and to the most unlikely people. And so salvation is simple. It requires believing and confessing. Look at Romans 10, 9-13. You know this passage. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the Scripture says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, black or white, it doesn't matter, male or female. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul is quoting Joel again. If we confess that Jesus is Lord, if we believe it in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Saved. This is what it requires. It it requires that internal belief and that outward profession of our faith. You see, if, if we believe it here and we live it out here, we will be saved. And Joel says the same thing right before our passage, right after he says that God will restore the years the locusts have eaten. Right after that, Joel says this through the Lord. You will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. God says it twice. Anytime God says it more than once, he really means it and wants us to get it. One of the greatest gifts of our salvation is that God takes away our shame. We are forgiven. We're forgiven of our sins. We're forgiven of everything we've done. What a gift this salvation is. Nothing can take away your shame, but Jesus can. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. Let's not complicate it. Let's not make it harder. And then Joel says in our text, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. So Judah, remember Joel is prophesying to the southern kingdom of Judah and the city of Jerusalem. And he's warning them, you've got to turn back to God, turn away from your idols, or this locust army is coming. And so... We know that eventually that army came. It was the Babylonian army and they did wipe out Judah and took many into exile. But there were some that were left behind as survivors. This word can also mean remnant. They would be a remnant. I want you to know that there will be a remnant of people who are left behind at the coming of the Lord. Jesus said that two men will be working In the field, one will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding grain. 
one will be taken and the other left. You see, this is what will happen at the coming of the Lord. There will be some that survive, some that will go through the great tribulation. And the book of Revelation teaches that many will come to Christ during the tribulation, but they will pay a great price for their faith. So it's important for us to not be left behind. It's important for us to be right with God and ready to meet the Lord. And so this is a sign to the lost. The sign of the Spirit. The day of the Lord, there will be a sign of the Spirit. That, that is a sign to the church. There will also be signs in the sky. The sun will be darkened and the moon turned to blood. The color of blood. And that is a sign to the whole world. But the sign of salvation, that's, that's a sign to the lost. To the unbeliever that's going to get saved. I had a friend in high school that, you know, if he was nervous about something, because I had talked to him about the rapture and revelation, and, and so he would every now and then just call me on the phone. And if I would answer, he says, okay, I'm glad you're there. The rapture hasn't happened yet. And so, maybe you need to phone a friend and, you know, ch- just make sure, you know, if, if you're still here, bless God, I know I'm, I'm good. The signs. Are we ready for the signs? Are we ready for the day of the Lord? Would you bow your heads with me today? Lord Jesus, we've gone through a crazy year. But according to your word, it does say there will be pestilence. It's one of the signs of the times. It's one of the signs of the end times. And so, Lord, we've had a glimpse of what things could be like. Just a small glimpse. But there are many other signs that the Lord speaks about. And he tells us to be ready and watching for his return. Anticipating it looking forward to it, welcoming it. But Lord, if we're not ready, we will be left behind. This is a fact. If we are not right with you, if if we are not following you, Lord, we may be left behind. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask this question today. And even those watching online, If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you did, but you know you're not walking right. You're not in the right place with God. And you want to get back right with God. You want to be ready for His return. If if that's you this morning, I want to invite you just to slip up your hand. Anyone in this place, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ? Yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes. Several hands are raised. I want to thank you for raising your hand. That's your first step of faith. You had the courage to lift up your hand before the Lord. So now I would invite you to just pray this simple prayer with me. Just repeat after me. And I'm going to ask those that are already Christians, would you join in? So they know they're part of a greater family. So if you want to give your life to Christ for the first time, or you know you haven't been right with the Lord and you're ready to get back right with the Lord, please 
pray these words. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe you are Lord. And I believe you have risen from the dead. Come into my heart and life. Forgive me of my sins. And make me a new person. And make me ready when you come. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to follow up with you. COVID has made it difficult for us to hand out material and to follow up with people that have come to Christ. And so we're just trying to use technology. Now you can text your salvation. Seriously, you can text born again. One word to 94090. And if you fill out that information, we're going to get you some information to help you with your new journey. Because we want to follow up with you and give you the material you need to live this life. Would you stand with me, church? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace.